We begin worship this morning with our invocation on this Reformation Sunday. Gather us together this Reformation Sunday, O God, that we may celebrate the witness of our forefathers and foremothers and the courage that gave birth to the Reformation. Teach us how to honor the saints of God in ages past, as well as in our present days. May the conviction of your grace written on their hearts be one that forms our own faith. Inspire us in the continuing reformation of the church and be present to us in your word and sacrament. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let your light so shine that others might know of God's love through your life. And together, let us welcome Monica into the family of God. We welcome you into the body of Christ and into the mission we share. Join us in giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. And now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. continue worship this morning with our confession. Let us put aside our good works and remember that we do sin and fall short of the glory of God. Lord of all, the demands of your righteousness are too hard for us to fulfill alone. So we rush off with this excuse and ignore your law. You forgive our iniquity and remember our sin no more. And we abuse this freedom as if it were a license to selfishness, self-indulgence, and self-righteousness. You give us the gift of grace, atonement in the blood of your son, yet we make it cheap without serious repentance. We fail to see the power of your faithfulness. We are your people, but do we know you as our God? Forgive us, Lord, the sins we know in our heart. Save us, Lord, from the sins we hide. God of our refuge and strength, have mercy on us right on our hearts. Amen. God does show us God's own righteousness and divine forbearance. Through the work of the Holy Spirit given to us, we may come to know the truth and be made free. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sets us free from our slavery to sin. Our sins are forgiven. Through his death and resurrection, a place is made for us in the household, and we may be known as children of God, to the glory of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
All right. Uh, thank you for uh, the music. Yes, we are having a little bit of sound issues here. Um, uh, we are aware of that. We are going to work on that a little bit. So we do apologize for that. Um, I uh, We are going to move now into kids' time. Um, so if there are kids on the chat, I'd love to see you. If you can turn your mics on real quick and say hello to everyone and wave. I'd love to see where all the kids are this morning. Say hi. Good morning. It's so great to see all of you. I know there's a couple of you out there. So for kids time this morning, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. First of all, today is Reformation Sunday, which means that we are celebrating the beginning of this Lutheran movement. We call ourselves Lutherans, right? We're Christians of the Lutheran movement. That's, that's a whole big phrase to say, right? And basically what it means is that we believe that, that we get to read the Bible together. We get to feel that God loves us. We get to know that God loves us and nothing can take that away from us. Absolutely nothing can take that away from us. God loves you no matter what. That's a big thing of the Lutheran movement. So we give thanks for Martin Luther and Katie Luther. And if we were in the sanctuary, we would point to those big Martin and Katie's that our kids painted a couple years ago. We'd point to them and show them off. But we give thanks for Martin and Katie Luther for all that they did for uh, Lutherans and for Christianity. Today at Shepherd is also another big holiday and we call it Stewardship Sunday, which means that your parents get to tell the church how much money they want to give us, which is always a super fun Sunday. But did you know that stewardship is not just about money? Stewardship is uh, kind of an interesting thing. It's we all get to think about what we are going to give to the church for ministry, to God, what we give thanks to God for. And you as kids play a really important role in this. Now, how many of you kids have lots of money to give to the church? Probably not, right? And that's okay, right? We can give lots of things. We, we give your voices. Uh, we can give our music. We can give our art. I know lots of you are amazing artists and singers. And even just showing up, just being at the church is one of the biggest things that you can give. And we are so grateful for everything that you give, right? Your fun, your joy, your energy, all of it brings so much life to the church. And we are so grateful. We thank you that you give so much, all of you kids to this church. We thank you so much. So today I have a little bit of an activity for you and I wanna see what you can come up with. Later today in worship, your parents are going to write out their pledges, and I want you to make your own pledge. I want you to draw yourself inside the church, and I want you to draw some of the things that you give to the church, whether it's singing, whether it's by showing up, whether it's playing, whatever it might be. I want you to draw some of the things that you give to the church. And when we come time to give our pledges, I want you to hold up your pictures in front of the camera so that we can all see your pledges as well, because you are so important as part of this community. And we are so thankful for all that you give. So Hope that you do that little activity. I would love to see what your what your little pledges are going to be, what your big pledges are going to be uh, as we uh, as we get to that time. So before we move on, can we please fold our hands? We're going to close our eyes and we're going to pray together. Awesome God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you love us no matter what. God, we ask you to help us show up for the church and for you and for everyone who loves us and for everyone who we love. We thank you for everything, and we ask all of this through Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, friends, you can go uh, back to your breakfast if you're eating breakfast. Um, be sure to, to uh, fill out your pledges. I can't wait to see them uh, when we get there. I'm going to turn it now over to Pastor Scott, who is going to read the gospel this morning. Good morning, everybody. How is the sound now? Is that better? Can you hear me? 
Nope, Pastor Scott, if you can turn your microphone okay. up. Better, worse, the same? Much better, thank you. For everyone else in the room, if you can please keep your mics muted uh, to keep the room, uh, the noise in the room down, we would appreciate it, thank you. So good to know that after doing Zoom worship for seven months, we have it down to pure perfection. All right, thank you, Kay, for the thumbs up and for the few smiles I saw go across the screen. At least I know you're paying attention. Our Bible reading for this morning comes from the book of 2 Samuel, beginning in verse 7. Now, when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But later that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever once speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, who I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him with a rod such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by human beings. But I will not take my steadfast love from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to start out with a question this morning, and it's the very same question that I'll end with, and I will even give you an answer to the question so that you kind of know where we're going. I wonder if in the midst of all of this chaos that we're experiencing right now, from pandemic to economic to racial injustice and all of the other things that are happening in our lives, I wonder if you still see the world and your life as a gift. And I wonder, in fact, when you do see your life and the world and everything you have and everything you are as a gift, what does that do for you? What moves in your soul and your spirit when you see the world as a gift? I might suggest you experience humility, generosity, and gratitude. Do you see your world and the life that you have as a gift. I've been thinking a lot about Thanksgiving lately, and I'm sure many of you have too. 
as we all try to figure out how in the world we're gonna celebrate this next holiday, socially distant, or I've been wondering, could we do it in a garage with like the doors open and a heater on? Can we share a Thanksgiving with people that have been isolated from us? Is it safe to come back together? And as I've been thinking about Thanksgiving, I have to admit that I have experienced a whole lot of nostalgia thinking about Thanksgivings in the past. What I remember as a kid, my experience of Thanksgiving was so Norman Rockwell-ish, going to my grandparents' house. We called them our White, ba White Bear Lake grandma and grandpa, but they didn't really live in White Bear Lake. They lived off another lake called Square Lake. But we called them White Bear Lake grandma and grandma because for some reason Square Lake was just, I don't know, we did, it was too hard to say. And I remember going to their house and I'm sure that I've made this bigger in my mind than it was in reality. But because I was shorter, I remember a big, huge table. And I do remember it being overflowing with food. And I remember it being warm. And I remember my cousins and aunts and uncles, a giant turkey. What I remember most of all is how much I loved everything about Thanksgiving, the turkey, the stuffing, the dressing. I even love cranberry sauce, even the kind that comes in the can that when you shake it and it goes and it plops out on the, I love that stuff. I also like fruitcake if you want to know the truth. So there might be something wrong with me, but I love all of it. And what I remember especially about my grandparents is that my grandma made something called nuts and bolts. And I think she made this for Thanksgiving. Now, nuts and bolts was really pretzels, Czech cereal, I think kick cereal. I think it was supposed to be with peanuts, but my grandma made it with cashews because my dad is allergic to peanuts. And if I remember right, and I don't know if my parents are on the call this morning, I am pretty sure the recipe called for bacon grease. Oh, how delightful. Cranberry sauce from a can and bacon grease on a pretzel. Can you get any better than that? Come on. And what I remember is not only was this whole entire feast made for me, I remember eating it, stuffing myself to overflowing, and heading down into my grandparents' basement to play with my cousins. And my grandma and grandpa had all these old school games. One was a bingo set that actually had wooden balls and a metal cage, and we would spin that thing as fast as we could to get all the balls at the centripetal force on the outside, and then we'd flip open the little thing and they would go shooting across the room. I am certain that you could never play bingo with that set anymore because those balls are still missing in my grandparents' basement. And they had this other game that was a top kind of game. It was a long box about this big and about this high. And it had little tiny wood bowling pins. And we would pull the cord of the top and it would bounce all over inside and knock down the wooden pins and you'd get points. But we didn't really care. We just wanted to see how fast we could make the top go. And I, in my nostalgia, what I remember is that I ate and played, and it was all done for me. And I didn't hardly do a thing. Now the truth is, now that I'm older, as the inept single person, what I usually get asked to bring to Thanksgiving is either napkins or wine, because as a general rule, you cannot mess those up. Now, I will tell you that the one thing about Thanksgiving that I have come to do is I love to do the dishes because I don't like to cook, but I love to clean. And I have stood over many a Thanksgiving feast, dirty dishes and washed them. And what I just remember so much in my nostalgia is the sense of gratitude and humility and generosity for all of the things that were done for me without me even asking. And I hardly did anything in return. I've been thinking how warm and cozy it felt. I've been thinking how close it felt. And I've been thinking of how grateful I am to have had that. 
Now, what I wonder about this in connection to our story is because I wonder if David isn't having a little Thanksgiving nostalgia himself. At the beginning of the story, it says David is resting all comfy cozy in his house of cedar. And if you remember the story, of course, David has gone off to war and all of the enemies have been put at his feet. And I imagine David sitting back in his comfy new house of cedar and smelling the aroma of the beautiful cedar house and thinking to himself, now, wait a second, I've got this great house. How come God is living in a tent? Now, you do have to wonder because it's almost always difficult to really discern human motivation at its core and at its heart. You have to wonder, was David really altruistically thinking, you know, I've got it pretty good. Maybe I ought to do something for God. Maybe I ought to say thanks to God for, you know, I don't know, uh, doing all this stuff for all of us. Or it could be because sometimes kings think this way. It could be because David thinks, you know how this works. If I build a house for God, I built the house for God. Do you know what that says about me as a king? I'm the king. And so we have to wonder, is David doing this altruistically? Or is he doing this because he knows in the face of all the other nations, whenever you build a palace for the king or, the, or God, you really are the king. What I love about this is Nathan, his best buddy, is there with him in the house. Uh, one of the commentators, I kid you not, actually envisioned David and Nathan sitting in their house watching a little football and having a couple of beers and wondering if David says to Nathan, hey, Nathan, hey, maybe we ought to build God a house. And Nathan goes, good idea, man. Let's build God a house. And, All right, let's go build a house. Nathan goes home, and if you know who Nathan is, Nathan will end up being the prophet that will call David on his relationship with Bathsheba. But Nathan, in this case, goes home to take a little post-Cedar House Thanksgiving smell nap. And when he goes to sleep, God comes to him in a dream, and God speaks. And I love this sermon. This is God giving Nathan a sermon to preach to David, and I love this sermon. Nathan is dreaming, and God says to Nathan, here's what you need to go and talk to David about. First of all, all of those years while we were wandering around in the desert, and about the 200 or so years that we've been here in the promised land, did I ever talk to anybody about building me a house of cedar before? Did I? The answer, of course, is no. God seemed perfectly happy living in a tent. And I wonder if God seemed perfectly happy not being under anyone's purported control. A tent is a pretty good place for God to live. And also, isn't it sort of strange to think that David, this vulnerable, fallible human being, would look out and be like, you know what the creator God of the entire universe who seems to have the entire world as his backyard, you know what he needs? A garage. That seems like such a weird question when you think about it that way. And Nathan says to David, did I ever ask you to build me a house? Then God says to Nathan to say to David, hey, go tell David this, David, I just want you to remember, remember when you were a shepherd? You remember who it was that called you? Do you remember who it was that made you prince? And I like how God uses the word prince and not king, because God is reminding David who is the king. Remember who made you prince, who took you off the farm, who brought you here, who put all those enemies at your feet? That was me. Remember who put all the enemies at your feet? Remember who it was who said I would give my people a home? That was me. Remember who I said would make a great people? That was me. And now, David, I want you to think about this. I am going to build a house for you. 
But it's not going to be like the house you think it is. It's going to be a people. Because I'm not really sure if I'm all that interested in having a house in which to live in when I already have a whole lot of other houses that I'd really rather live in. And that house is your heart, David, where God always wants to live, not in the garage. Now, it's a pretty long sermon from God, and it's all directed to remind David of the things that God has done for David. And I wonder if the question that God isn't asking David in this moment is, do you see all of life and everything you've accomplished and everything you have as a gift? I wonder, for example, if God is trying to ask David to even consider the possibility that all of the things that he has done, all of the things that he has accomplished, have been given to him as a gift and done for him. I actually, I wonder, and I wonder myself, why it is often so hard for us who are highly educated, accomplished people to believe that all of this came to us as a gift. We so often want to think of it as something that we did. I did this. I wonder if, like David, we aren't thinking about trying to take some sort of control of God and the world that doesn't actually really belong to us. And I wonder what difference it makes to think this way. Do you think about life and all you have accomplished as a gift? And when you do, do you recognize your own sense of humility and generosity and gratitude that the things you have and the person that you are is really a steward of all of the things that God has given to you? Now, I thought about this because we're all going to miss being around our Thanksgiving tables. I know many of you and myself included miss seeing everyone gathered together in our sanctuary to celebrate the meal of communion. I miss seeing you. I miss being together with you. There is something physical and tangible about being together, gathered in God's sanctuary. But God doesn't live here. God doesn't live in this building. God lives in many, many locations. And the primary location that God so desperately wants to live is in your heart. And when you experience humility and generosity and gratitude, that's when you know that God has finally come home. Amen.
Thank you, Allie and Andy. That was awesome. Thank you so much. I love hearing brass played, even Zoom and flute. Thank you. A round of applause, please, for Allie and Andy this morning. Unmute and, you know, clap and... Wow, that was... I did not hear any clapping. That was great. There we go. Thank you, Celeste. <laughs> Uh, during this uh, pledge gathering season, we've had the chance to watch a number of videos about some of our partners. Uh, one of my favorite things about our family of faith is that when we make gifts, uh, they not only make an impact here for us as a family of faith, uh, but they make a significant impact out in our community. Uh, one of our most important partners for the last few years has been Tapestry Ministry, uh, a bilingual congregation down in Richfield with uh, Pastor Melissa that many of you know. Uh, and we have a video this morning from Pastor Melissa and from Tapestry as part of our remembering of our partners doing our pledge gathering time. And I think Brian has that queued up for us this morning. of the hills um, well we just want to say um, hello and thank you so much for all of your support over five years now I forgot tonight is our six-year anniversary of our first worship of tapestry and you've been um, you've been supporting us for five years now we are really grateful for all of that and so um, a couple people are gonna share some of the things we've been doing this summer and who wants to go first Lydia all right. Hi, I'm Lydia, and I'm very thankful for your support of Tapestry. There's so many people that Tapestry reaches in so many ways. This year, despite everything going on, we've been having outdoor services and enjoying music together, worshiping together, and a little bit of conversation. And we're hoping for more things, more opportunities to be together this fall, too. Hi, I'm Laura. Thank you for all your support that you give Tapestry. This summer we had a workshop, an art workshop for, for youth, and we also had it for adults in two sessions, and it was held outside on three different Saturdays, and we really enjoyed having this, so that we appreciate your support. Thank you. Hello, Shepherd of the Hills. Uh, Thank you for your support throughout these years. Um, we've been able to uh, build a community uh, through scriptures with love, friendship, food, and just really heartfelt community. And we thank you for uh, allowing us to do that. Blessings. So uh, we say good night to you. I think you're going to see this in the morning. And um, we've continued ministry over the summer. We've delivered more than a thousand boxes of food to people. We've um, worshiped together. And we give thanks for all that God has given us. And um, we're, we're really um, excited for what our next year is going to bring, even with all of the things that we don't know right now. We, we uh, pray for blessings for you. We give thanks for you, and may God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Pastor Melissa, Josue, and all of our friends and partners at Tapestry. Uh, many of you know that we are the fiscal agent for Tapestry, so we help by providing Pastor, Melissa, Pastor Melissa's um, processing for her payroll and managing their budget. And one of the things that we're excited about is Josue is going to be called and ordained as a deacon at Tapestry this year, and so we are very grateful for that. Uh, it is Pledge Gathering Sunday, and I know some of you have received your pledge cards at home, and some of them have even completed them and mailed them back. I know some of you actually have them still at home with you this morning, so if you do have it, 
go grab it and fill it out and complete it now. Just a couple of quick thoughts about it. One, make sure that you print very clearly your name and your address so that Sean can read that. And then please note where the actual commitment line is. It says per week. But if you make an annual pledge, cross it out and write annual. If you make a monthly pledge, cross that out and put annual. Uh, and just make sure that it's very clear so that when Sean gets it, uh, she knows exactly what you intend with your pledge. I also know in this strange time, there are people in our congregation who are struggling financially, and I know that there are folks who are doing quite well financially. If you are someone who is doing well, we would ask that you continue to consider the possibility of growing your giving for this coming year. We have been able to manage our budget very well, and we will continue to do that. And in this strange time, there are more pastoral care needs than ever before, not only here at Shepherd, but out in our community. So when you make your promise and make your pledge, I know you know this, but the people of Shepherd are generous, and the impact that we make is not just among ourselves, it is also out in the world. To help us do this this morning, I am super excited. Angie recorded this for us last week and uh, we didn't get to see it, so we will get to see it and hear it this week. So if you are someone who hasn't completed your pledge card, you can do that now. And I am really excited to hear Angie, who is gonna sing for us this morning. A distant thank you so much, Angie. Shira Madonai Kido 
Huge rounds of applause for Angie this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So awesome, Angie. And thank you in advance to everyone who made their promises this morning. Uh, we'll look forward to receiving them in the mail later this week. Brian? Thank you all so much. We now continue with the prayers of the people. Together, we pray for all people, those in our family, in our community, and in our world. After each petition, we will respond, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I will begin, and then toward the end of our prayers, I invite you to type your prayers in the chat or unmute and speak them out loud. Oh God, we give you thanks for this day, for the beauty of fallen snow, and for the heat that keeps us warm so we may enjoy it. Lord, we ask you to turn our attention to our neighbors in these days. Help us to see those who have no heat to keep warm, who have no place to find safety from the elements, and who are too often turned away. We pray for the homeless, the statusless, the poor, the sick, and the differently abled, all who too often find themselves without home, food, warmth, and safety. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as your beloved creation continues to rage with storms and fires, droughts and flood, we ask you to bring your calming presence to us. Help us to work for climate justice and to restore care to your creation. Help us to support the people and places who now find themselves again in the path of dangerous tropical storms, raging fires, piling snow, and the many other ways our environment wreaks havoc on its inhabitants. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, on this Reformation Sunday, we give you thanks for the witness of Martin and Katie Luther. Help us to continue their great tradition of spreading the gospel of love and grace to all. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to not be afraid to reform what needs reforming in the church, in our civic institutions, and in our own personal lives. May we feel your Holy Spirit's presence as she moves us to do this important work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that allow us to continue support to support the ministry at Shepherd. Help us to use our gifts for the good of all and not for self-righteousness. May our gifts be made good in your sight and be a small piece of relief for all who are seeking it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we continue to hold the many people in our lives who are ill in body, mind, and spirit in prayer. We ask you to help in their healing and to grant them peace and comfort. We pray especially this morning for Bruce, Mar Marcy, Tom, Maddie, Robert, Becca, Shalina and family, Diane, Addie, Jason, Kevin, Mary, Doug and Abby and family, Norma, Beverly, Dick, Kamla, Callie, Alyssa, Dave, and Ellen, and all those we name silently to you now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. My apologies, I missed part of the prayer list. Lord God, we also prayed this morning for Dan, Nancy, Kathy, Angie, Chad, Neil, Galen, Asher, Shelly, Arlene, Ed, Jane, Donna, David, Greg, Anne, Tony, Marilyn, Jay, Jeannie and son John, Sarah, Connor. We give thanks for Andy and Gina who have experienced healing. And we pray for the family and friends of Lois Shermack on her death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. At this time, I now invite you to type your prayers in the chat or to unmute and to speak your prayers out loud. From Ellen, we pray for her friend, Mary Lou, who is having open heart surgery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
From John, for little Emma, daughter of his niece, Sarah, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. From Joan and Tom, for Joni Pladson on the death of Bruce, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Sarah in the ICU in Portland, daughter of Dick and Bev Berman, Lord in your mercy, hear our prayer. From the Petersons, for our friend Dave, who is to have colon cancer surgery this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. From John, for Dave and Luann on the sudden death of their son, Eric. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, we commend all of these prayers to you, those said aloud and those in the silence of our hearts, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now at this time, I would like to invite you all to unmute your mics, as is our tradition, as we say the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this
Thank you, Karen and Emily. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for your music today. As we close worship, may you hear this blessing upon you. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, uh, so we do have a couple announcements uh, for you this morning. Before we get to those, can you please give one more round of applause to our musicians, to Tapestry for their words, uh, and of course to Annika who was baptized this morning. Thank you all so much. This was truly a very special, very beautiful worship service. And we are so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, so a couple of announcements. Uh, speaking of announcements, we are um, putting announcements back in our bulletin again, and they are being um, copied and pasted into our online worship guide as well. Um, of course, all of these announcements are found in your email boxes every Tuesday afternoon. Um, and uh, so we hope that you uh, make sure to take uh, a look at those. Um, as we go through our announcements here, I'm just going to uh, point these out to you. We do have uh, our next upcoming Wednesday night speaker series on November 4th at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. This is going to be a really great speaker. This is Dr. Ellen Davis, who's going to be talking about ecological justice and the Old Testament. I do hope that you take some time. Uh, uh, Mark is down a point. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so sorry about that. Um, so uh, yes, Dr. Ellen Davis, please uh, mark this on your calendar uh, to come to uh, Zoom on that Wednesday night so that you can hear her. It's going to be um, a great uh, conversation. Uh, Mary and Kay are also um, doing, oh, sorry, I'm fighting a dog as we speak. I'm sure you can tell. Um, so um, Mary and Kay are also doing Wednesday night meal uh, on that Wednesday night as well. You can pick it up a to-go meal at Shepherd. Uh, you can go to our website uh, to the event page to find that sign-up link. It will also be in the Tuesday email. Uh, so we do hope that you sign up for a takeout meal. You can drive to the church, pick it up, come back and eat your meal while you listen to the speaker. There is a Wilson's breakfast coming up on Saturday, November 7th at 9 a.m. on Zoom. Uh, there'll be more information coming out about this um, and we are going to ask you to RSCP to Kay and Pastor Sherry uh, so that they know uh, who to deliver breakfast to and to get you, uh, make sure that you're on the list and get uh, all the information that you need to get. There is a soft book club coming up as well. Uh, this is open to everyone. This is a really important book. We are hoping that you uh, also take some time to read this book and to join this conversation. The book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And that conversation is going to be on Wednesday night, November 18th at 6.30 p.m. on Zoom. Uh, so please mark that on your calendar. Uh, if you need copies of the book, we do have some in the office. And uh, Sean can get you those. Just give Sean a call before so that she can get you that book. Um, yes, copies to borrow and read in the office, correct. And then once you're done with that, we will ask you to bring that book back to the church so it can be loaned out to someone else to read uh, for the conversation. Uh, two more things that I have, just two community things for you to be aware of. Uh, troop 123, our Boy Scout troop at Shepherd, is selling their holiday wreaths. You can uh, purchase the wreath online. More information about all of that is in the email and, and the announcements. And also Resource West is doing their winter warm wear drive. Uh, and you can find that flyer on their website. One really cool thing about this, and maybe they've done this in the past, but I just noticed it this year, you can actually go to Target or to Amazon and you can put in um, gloves, a hat, a scarf into your cart. You can purchase them and they will be shipped right to Resource West. That's a super cool thing. I don't know if they've always been doing that or if that's something new for this year, uh, but uh, all of that information is on the Resource West uh, page. Uh, please go and check that out. And if you can donate uh, any kind of warm wear, as we know, it is unusually cold right now. We're getting snow in October. It's crazy. And there's a lot of people who are going to need gloves and hats and scarves and all of those things to keep us warm. So please do check that out uh, at resourcewest.org on their website, uh, a very cool thing. I think those are all of the announcements. Uh, is there anything else from staff for the good of the order? 
All right, seeing none, uh, we have gone way over time on worship this morning, so we are not going to be doing our breakout rooms. Um, so after our final benediction, uh, you uh, may leave uh, for uh, the rest of your day today. So uh, thank Jacob, you all so Jacob much. Brian? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. I just would like to say that music was uh, about as good as we could get on Zoom this week. I'm gonna make a special comment about that. It was really nice. Thank you, Jim. And yes, yes, couldn't agree more. The music was absolutely incredible. Thank you, Jim, for saying that. I, we do appreciate that. All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, please hear this final benediction. Now, people of God, stay home in peace and be of good courage. Hold fast that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor everyone. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to Thanks God. Thanks be to God.